listen to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. It's Tuesday, May 19th. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Hello. How are you? How you doing? Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home. Hey, can you do me a favor real quick? Can you do me a favor real quick? No. Can you turn up your volume just a teeny bit, teeny, teeny bit? Okay, I'm turning up my volume? Yeah, just a little. Is that better? Yeah, bet. Much better. Oh, you Much better? Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh. Little down, that? little down, little down, little down. We're good. See? We're good. Let's get rolling. All right, let's get rolling. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with Cliff and Jason. Is it still sounding loud? Really you sound good. good. You sound beautiful, and I love you. And I, oh, as long I as we sound so. about the same, I think we're good to go. I think we're about okay, to well, we're, This is a work in progress. We're, uh, we're, we're figuring this out as it goes. We, we got the focus right working now. So, so we think it's going to be a couple of more tweaks and everything. Yeah. We sound oh, we're, lovely. we're getting there. We're getting there. How was your, how was your night? How was your evening? And how is your day today? Well, I'm going to tell you, again, I did about an hour and a half on the, on the Creed fucking training thing. And then after all the training, I go to get into a fight. It's this huge fucking guy in the fight. And it's like, it's actually a little like intimidating. The guy looks real. And I was training for an hour and change. Mitts, bag, everything. I'm moving, I'm moving. Fucking second I get to the spar with this guy, I'm like, <gasps> I have to like take <laughs> off the headset. I'm like, <gasps> now granted, I had trained for an hour and change, but still, I mean, two minutes sparring with, with or, you know, sparring. I mean, it's a virtual spar, but, you know, I'm not getting hit. I don't think I would have lasted a second. I think I would have been uh, exhaling blood. But hey, Linda Hazelberry. I uh, I I once upon a time. I and now uh-huh. with the boxing, just remind me. I went to this. I was I went to Iowa to help my friend um, work on a horse ranch because his dad had a had like surgery. As one and does like, in Iowa. Iowa border right there off the Mississippi River. Super racist. Super gross and scary. Oh, I, I was a fucked up place. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying good or bad. Just it's got some shit going on yeah. i remember we went to a bar and it had this pink pig on the, the logo i don't remember the name of the bar but it probably had the word pig in it somewhere and the pig was probably doing something that could get him me too now but it was 90 <laughs> 98 99 2000 somewhere in there before pigs could get me uh-huh. too for being a cartoon uh-huh. a gross cartoon uh stereotype <laughs> and i walked in i'm with all the i'm with this my friends like relatives like his cousins or whatever you know again mm-hmm. very scary kind of you know down home country bar and i wouldn't normally that normally doesn't bother me at all but it just it just felt different it was just different right, right? felt murdery felt murdery it felt it felt like some Rapey. like what are you doing here boy kind of yeah, it wasn't good deliverancy yeah. so i'm trying to make the best of it um and they're doing some sort of thing called like like piggly wiggly fight club or whatever something to that effect and i heard the words fight club and it was you know, a little bit after the movie. So I heard like, if it's my first time at fight club, I have to fight. So I walked up there. Uh, I'm pushing about 265 at the time. Mostly, mostly muscle, a lot of little chub because I just got out of a big relationship. But I just want to be clear for one thing. You you thought this was, this bar was not a good idea. And now we've mm. cut to you joining, walking up and striding up for the fight club. The yeah. Piggly Wiggly Fight Club. Yeah, because- so that was a quick jump. Nobody ever said that I was smart about how I behaved or no, and nobody ever said that I made the best decisions no i'm saying but if i was getting oh you squeal like a pig but if i was getting notes from a studio right now they'd be mm-hmm. like okay i understand he went to the bar he's afraid or he doesn't like it he feels like something's off and then all of a sudden he's just jumping into a fight club don't you think something has to happen to make him want to jump into the fight club it's called two tequila shots and um that's how i cope with uh my insecurities as being like the guy who does the double dare i am uh right you can't dare. turn down a dare is what the rumor is yeah. So that's the re- that's the deal. So what I ended up doing was <laughs> I ended up going in um, and signing up. But I'm a big dude and there are some big dudes there, but nobody, you know, nobody fight. So the, the bouncer goes, I'll fight you. And I'm like, yeah, I'll fight anybody. I don't give a shit. I'm from I'm from Reno. Burr, 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 burr. Wait, they're having a, a, a piggly wiggly. First of all, I just want to be clear that this fight club is sponsored. So obviously the first rule of fight club is not being adhered to by don't talk about fight club because obviously piggly wiggly knows about fight club and we're sponsoring it. second of all 
Second of all, you're telling me that there's a sponsored fight club in an Iowa bar and no one's wanting to fight? You're the first one who has to walk no, up there and There were other people fighting, shit? but they were smaller. They were like little ones, you know, like those Where are they guys. fighting? Are they, are they on the dance floor? Like, what, what's they going on They set up this? like what I could only set imagine is not a regulation ring. But there were there were oh, there was a ring. ring. There was okay, a ring. Like a mattress and some rope. Yeah. I think you're giving them too much credit, but yes, more or less. Burner there's something fight. flat. There's something to keep us in the pen. And um there's a there's a referee in there. Except the referee really isn't paying attention because the referee. fight right before us was won by a guy just hitting the other guy in the back of the head. Just bare knuckles, right? By the way, it's no, all bare knuckles. They they put us some small gloves on us. We got some small Oh, gloves. like the MMA gloves. Yeah. Okay. So I went in there. And with the bouncer, I've never gotten in a real human fight like where I actually fought back in my entire life. Uh, I did a little All karate when I was... service, everything. Never got oh, into no. an actual fist fight. Never actually gotten a... No, well, I've gotten beat up before. I've gotten jumped before. I've never <laughs> actually swung back at anybody except like my rel like my nephews and... Or not my nephews. That's mean. Now, I don't punch my nephews. Let me just... I want to clear this up. I've never Depends, punched I mean... any of my nephews. But um, like when I got in a fight with like my cousins and stuff. And right. uh, I went in there. Wait, when you got into a fight with your cousins, you'd punch your nephews. <laughs> exactly. I just, okay, I just, just want to be clear about that. All right, um, so you stride up into the yeah. Iowa Fight Club that is uh, uh, got a ref yeah. in the bare-knuckle ring. And it's two-minute rounds, and I go in there. and How many people boy, are watching this fight? Oh, yeah, people are watching. No, how many? Yeah? Like, what's the, what's the scene? I would say like the bar's people? got about 50, 60 people in it, 70 people in it. It's not small. So this is and happening. It's a happening place. They're listening to whatever is hot on country radio at the time. Um, and I, I do know the only song I know that had just come out at this time was Yellow by uh, so you can kind of get an idea of where it is. Oh, OK. That's when the time frame is by Coldplay. Yeah, and, Yellow and by what Coldplay. Do you get if you, is there a winner of this of this debacle? And, there, and do they get a Piggly Wiggly thing? There is. There was some sort of bar tab that was included in, in the fight. So oh, like Piggly Wiggly sponsors your bar tab. Yes, exactly. It's like right. fifty bucks bar tab or whatever, or yeah. you know, just Big don't money. you know. The whole I what, what, you know. Life. So we went in. I got in the fight. He hits me in two, the like two times. I fall on the ground. I don't have to fall on the ground. I just decide that hurt a lot, and now two I'm gonna hit your face and you hitting the ground. Yeah, and so I I got down for a minute. I the ref comes. He's like, "You want to stop it?" I was like, "Not really. I just don't want to get hurt <laughs> anymore." So I got back in there, and uh, not really. But he knocked you there. down immediately. One he punch, me down and you quick. went down. Then I went down, and then I got back up, and we started fighting, and I actually started playing around and actually like, okay, well, let's treat this like a video game. And uh, got in the fight and did a little stuff. <laughs> got through the round, and I'm dying. Two minutes after getting punched is the longest amount of time I've ever been alive. So, like, right there, he's like, you want to stop? I was like, no. No, I don't want to stop. <laughs> well, how's it go? It. You, you lasted two minutes after you hit the mat. Yep. And... Now you're up. Are you getting shots in? Are you like? Oh yeah, I was get, I'm getting some shots in. Uh huh. Uh, the thing that are I was phasing him at all is because it wasn't a real ref. I was still getting like a lot of back of the head punches. Oh, that's so. They, and those that's don't feel great. Tragic. No, no, no. Those are actually brain damagey. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah I can't remember <laughs> shit anymore. Um, <laughs> not and uh, so we kept it. We fought, go through round two. I think I get knocked down again, middle of the second round. Mm -hmm. And again, every time they ask me if I want to quit, I say yes. And then they go, are you sure? And I go, no, not really. I don't want to quit really. And so, uh, so what happens? Third round. I'm like three rounds. How the three minute rounds? Is that what it's three two on? minute rounds? Third round. Oh, two minute rounds. Okay. One minute in big guy. He's he thinks he's got me. I, I see the opening. I hit him square in the jaw. Knock him out. Done with the fight. This is the bouncer. This is the bouncer. You knock the bouncer out. You hit him. He's got a glass jaw. He just yeah. goes right the fuck down. He doesn't get up. No, he doesn't get up. He doesn't get up for like 20 seconds. That's not an inspiring confidence in the owners of the establishment. I bet they might have wanted to hire you next. <laughs> well, that was the whole thing. Afterwards, I get my little bar tab or whatever. I'm so tired. I'm sitting outside. I'm like, please. I had my cousin's <laughs> wife drive me home because I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is the worst day of my life. Getting punched does not getting a free beer. Are you after bleeding? After getting are Nah, just my up. just my whole head feels like the worst, and my chest feels like the worst, and my whole body just feels like. Did you vomit? Yeah. Did you vomit? Oh uh, yeah, M multiple times. I would have for sure. I would have vomited. Yeah, I was absolutely. vomited yesterday in the fake virtual reality <laughs> spar. I yeah, was like, no, no joke. <laughs> I mean, if you get in a boxing match for any amount of time, you know, you, first you're using a ton of energy on your own, and then the minute something hits you, it's over. 
there is no accounting for like I would be at wild card and I'd be training with Dave and we'd go like five rounds on the mitts maybe then we'd go you know three on the heavy bag then I'd be fine I'd be fine no problem cardio once in a while a bad day I'd get in the ring after two rounds of sparring I in the real ring I'm saying I literally, I, I could, ba- I couldn't lift a finger. I want to vomit. I, I usually it was dry heaving. I get to three rounds, you know, uh, three minute rounds. But the adrenaline that's spent, the oh, yeah. amount of a hundred percent movement, you know, on top of getting hit. So it's like swimming and you're getting hit. Yeah. Oh, fight swimming yeah. suck. Yeah. Imagine yeah. like you're doing laps and then you get to the end of the thing and you're like, bam. You're like, all right. <gasps> you turn around. You go to the other side. Bam. You have to just keep getting punched in the face <laughs> each time you do a lap. Oh, that'd be, that's how, Fel, that's how exercise. that's how Phelps changed. As a kid, Jason would never, ever say, yeah, this is what I'm saying. I, I honestly, Rod, I got to tell you, your, your son, I, I do it as a, uh, a courtesy that I don't take advantage of the dare thing. <laughs> All I've been, I, I get so easily be like, Hey Jason, I dare you to Bert Kreischer the rest of the show and take your shirt off. Yep. And there it is. Right. It's counting right. No problem. I wasn't a real dare, so he didn't do it, but I can be doing this every day. I'm just not. It's a scary thing, Rod. What happened? <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, Huzzah to right. you for the Fight Club. I don't think Huzzah's leaving. By the way, I think I'm sticking around with it. Huh? Huzzah. I don't think it's going anywhere. <laughs> well, I, I love doing the stuff. I started. I did more. I did more stuff last night on the VR, and I am enjoying the shit out of it. I'm so sore. You did the box today. again? Mm-hmm. I did the box, and I did the. How long did you last? I did the Beat Saber. Seven minutes. I did seven minutes. And that was like what? Three minutes longer than yesterday? Three minutes longer than yesterday, and then it was I did. What you uh, done? Yeah, and then I did uh, another twenty minutes of Beat Saber, which uh, made me very tired and sweaty. Right? And oh god, I get sweat. But you know that to be fair, I get sweaty waiting to like waiting in line to square like swing dance, like just standing in a place where I know exercise is going to happen. I will start sweating. So okay, that's well, not a, was... that is not a barometer. Yeah, but, but that VR workout it makes you sweat. Well, we got our guests here. Or is that our guests are here? Saw... We're good. Oh. We, yeah. No, no, no. Let's let's uh, let's bring them on. We can uh, we can talk about the rest of the stuff after. Awesome. Because you know why not? Should I do a uh, like a do formal a in- introduction? Yeah, let's do a little intro. Okay. So my old glasses broke, so I have these new glasses, which are just the crappy glasses. Now what am I going to do? We're on a. Uh, I like them. I like them. You okay. kind of look like my. Uh, you kind of look like Zoe Deschanel in those glasses. It's very cute. Uh, I'm a, I'm adorkable. You're adorkable. I am adorable in these glasses. Okay. Well, that being said, we have two guests. So I'm going to do, I've never done a dual introduction, but I'm going to give it a shot. So I'm going to introduce them one after the other, but they're coming on together. So our first guest is an Emmy and Peabody Award winner. He originally converted the IFC channel into the Comedy Network IFC. He started a TV division for participant, became the head of NBC streaming, uh, NBC Universal streaming. He also... Also, I want to say, was tapped and is now the president of National Lampoon. That is, ladies and gentlemen, Evan Shapiro. And joining Evan Shapiro is Kelly Bachman. She's a contributor to the New York Times, Glamour, and The Guardian. She's a stand-up comedian, a show producer. And she has a very, very, very funny and great podcast called Stupid Heavy, which you can find and we'll talk about. And that's Kelly Bachman. So Evan Shapiro and Kelly Bachman, ladies and gentlemen. How'd I do? Hey, everybody. I do all right. I can take these glasses off now. Look at four quadrant at us. I'm gonna this go so you guys cool. can actually have a have a better thing. But Evan, it's so good to see you. Thanks. Good good to you. Yeah. And Kelly, really nice to meet you. And now yeah, I'm gonna go nice hide. to meet you too. I'm gonna go hide behind everything. Oh. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for being here. So so okay, let's start Evan and then Kelly. So you guys are quarantined in LA, both of you? I'm I'm in Brooklyn. And, and I'm, in, I'm in New York. Oh, okay. So you're, my parents are in Long Island. So how are, you, how are you finding it out there on the East Coast with everything that's going on? It's been, it's been interesting. <laughs> I'm actually I'm at, on day three in Park Slope. I was in Bushwick. I'm, I live in Bushwick. And I mm-hmm. was living with two random internet roommates, which is feels on... They're my friends at this point, but like I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know them. And... We were yeah, in this loft of, yeah, it's kind of like their best friends and I'm the random person. So yeah, like I'm it, just it living in this strange. loft. Yeah. So <laughs> my friend uh, who lives in Park Slope moved away two months ago 
and she's always offered that I could come stay in her apartment. And I just took her up oh. on that, uh, like right now. Oh, nice. So congratulations. Now, on I, that. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah, please, Evan. What, how long did you know them before you, before quarantine? Well, I moved in last June, but I was never really, I wasn't home that much. Like we were all in and out. They're bartenders. I'm doing my thing. So we never like took time to get to know each other until, um, well, I want to say until quarantine, but I sort of was the so other weird factor is I was like kind of self-isolating for <laughs> a couple all, of months, like bef- right before quarantine, I was self-isolating, just being like overwhelmed by like notoriety and like a strange time. And my comedy life so that actually they got to know me that way because i was like at home in the fetal right. position and they were like kelly how's everything <laughs> we each other for three months and then the harvey weinstein thing happens yeah so i was like oh no, i should stay I inside attacking <laughs> harvey weinstein in a comic book uh, well, listen, yeah. we all have a backstory, but here's the thing: you're here, right? And that's that's the main that's the main thing. And now, you're, but but really, it's it's a thing, and you guys have managed to do this. By the way, stupid heavy, I love this name, and and it literally sounds like a tenacious D song. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, I haven't thought of that. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's a compliment. I, I mean, you know, they're the best. So I, I can't, you know, so if anything sounds like them, it's like Spinal Tap, you know. Well, so, she, actually but, plays, she actually plays guitar in the show every episode, too. Yeah. I saw yeah, it again I, I, on the, Brian Yang on the last episode. The guitar was brought out. Yeah, yeah, I have, I, like, I don't, I don't really do musical comedy, like, historically, but lately, especially in the last couple months, I've been... Like I have a band that's not a comedy band and now I've been sort of blending them more because it feels like it's easier to do musical comedy online than stand up. I feel like, like to like sing a song without having an audience. You can just get through the song. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Kelly, we've had a lot of these conversations and Evan, I'm curious to your thought because of how much of, uh, you know, comedy you've started in your life you know we've talked about this with several different guests of ours this idea how stand-up is happening on zoom how they can deal with the energy of the audience and you know the feedback of of working out new material and is that going to be the way of the future or is stand-up going to have to change yeah uh it's good it's a great question um uh i i've watched a lot of zoom stand-up which hurts um okay i mean i think <laughs> of the comedian speaking to avoid it's like primal screaming um so we do a live panel show called Mass lampoon live which harrison greenbaum hosts on a weekly basis fridays at eight o'clock eastern five five pacific um put that up jason uh Thank but you. um yeah, I, I think we're going to see, you know, I, I also produce live theater, too. And I think the idea that a club is going to be able to function at 50 percent capacity and be profitable post-COVID, which is going to be the requirement to, to have a comedy club, that's going to be something that's going to uh, have to be overcome. I will say this. I've talked a lot in the last two weeks about bringing comedy stand up outside. So I do think, I, like that, uh, I think you'll see, I think at least this summer, you're going to see a lot of comedy happen out of doors. And I think that's better than talking into a void on a screen. We'll see how well laughter works when it kind of dissipates into the air. It's, it should be, should be fascinating to watch. I heard someone talking about like drive-in comedy, like uh, having like in cities with cars, like having people pull up and there's like a show happening on stage. I don't know how well, that would work the in New York. speaker box but... in the car. We have the speaker yeah. box in the car, right? Well, that no would actually be that. It's no longer, so this is actually uh, how we're talking about it. And I don't want to talk about too much because I don't want to give too much away, but. Ah, uh, something's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the speaker box, it's now FM radio. So so it's actually easier and, and better because Brilliant. wireless mic can go right to your. your, it's, your it, it's like when you, uh, you know, when people do those Christmas houses. Have you ever like uh, lived in a town or somebody like puts lights on their house and yes. does like a light show? I understand what you're and talking you have about. to go to a you have I to go to a certain station to hear like the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. that goes with the that yes. goes with the light show. Yeah yeah. And then you put it on. It's like TSA like. Dun, 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 and like, 
That's what it is. There are now walking boards that you can buy on your iPhone and just walk around and it kind of knows where you are somehow and and cues the right stuff to say. So yeah, so that's that's how so yeah, I think you're gonna see a lot of comedy happen outdoors this summer because comedians are fucking going out of their minds not performing. And people who are fans of comedy are going out of their minds because they, you know, if you're a comedy lifestyle person, you're going to a club twice a week for sure nothing to do yeah i mean you know and anyone you're talking to is in stand-up they are you're right they're going fucking bananas so let let me segue a little bit into because i want to spend a bunch of time on lampoon but i want to talk about how uh you and kelly came together to do stupid heavy because it is a functionality of lampoon right it comes out of this whole rebranding you've been doing over the last year yeah Yeah, tell us a little about it yeah, so um, you know the the main thesis of the new lampoon is to go back to the origins and create a safe haven for great young comic geniuses. So that's exactly identical. The difference is we're including people who were left out fifty years ago. It's the fiftieth anniversary actually right now. Um, oh. So there are very few women, no people of color, you know, etc. 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 So Kelly, uh, who uh, is a really amazing talent, writer, comedian, musician, any number of different things. I'm um, show producer does crazy, a lot of hats. Crazy, crazy uh, um, sketch music variety talk show in a basement of a brownstone in Williamsburg. Um, and then half the show happened upstairs, but you couldn't see it upstairs. It was on a screen. It was called Sofa Kingdom. So we went to see it. Yeah. We developed it as a television pitch, which did not sell. Um, and then Kelly oh. came up with this idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah, it was like a fight we, club of comedy. Yeah, it was. We actually, so we were doing that show. So uh, uh, Evan saw the show. We took it uh-huh. out to LA. The day I got back from LA is the day, like the wine scene, whatever, like. The, like the week before was when we were pitching the show and like, mm-hmm. you know, I we thought I thought that was going to be the thing. Like, this is it. The next day, you know, I get back and this craziness happens. And then, right. you know, we're sort of reevaluating what to do next anyway. And all this is happening. And all of a sudden I'm in the public eye, like talking about trauma a lot, which is not something I plan to do. But because um, you're funny. I, yeah, but so I know how sense. to like I if I'm going to. If 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 someone's gonna ask me to talk about that, I'm gonna try to do it in a funny way. So mm-hmm. I brought back my show, Rape Jokes by Survivors, which is like comedians who are survivors telling jokes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I developed my own show, uh, uh, telling jokes about my trauma. And I just all of a sudden found myself a lot talking. Like when you do that, everyone that mm-hmm. comes up to you is like telling you their stuff. Like someone will come up to you and be like this reminded me of like how I had cancer, like reminded me of like how I like suffered a lot. Like people just start like a lot of comics actually started opening mm-hmm. up to me about like their depression nice, and right? like, and it, and it just became really common for me to be going out and about and having really heavy conversations with uh, like my peers and the conversations are inherently funny because they're funny peers. And mm-hmm. That's kind of how the idea yeah, for the it's, it's, podcast it's, came in. I mean, most comedians don't become comedians because they're happy people. Um, I don't know any, to be honest. <laughs> I'd love to tell you I do, but it's all from the darkness. The yeah, best, it's, look, it's, it's always from tragedy, right? Tragedy is it's what uh, crimes and misdemeanors, right? Yeah. It's comedy. Comedy is tragedy plus time, and then the horse, Alan Alda. All right. Anyway, I digress. But yes, it, it is this thing. And but it's really nice that you were able to find this outlet through Lampoon and and had it. Okay, so I want to shift for a second, Evan, and I want to talk to you a little about you know. Just starting with how you built a comedy brand at IFC and how it's going to move to, you know, what's happening at National Lampoon. And I'm going to feed it back into the podcast, obviously. But I do want to talk about this idea of where comedy was and where we're at. Because you're now starting as a brand new brand. And and let me just, again, I'm going to be long-winded for one more moment, which is I'm a huge Lampoon fan. I grew up with it. So I'm I'm 52. So for me... politeness man i can't wait to make the movie by the way you look great by the way jesus christ thank you right no makeup i'm at my house (laughs) thank you by the way appreciate it but you know but this being said 
I want to make politeness, man. But I'm a huge fan. So the radio hour, how you found Gilda, you know, they found Gilda and Belushi and everything there. And then it kind of went left with Van Wilder. You know, it wasn't really on brand for them. And now it feels like you're trying to take it back and do what you did. Because Portlandia now is, you know, is like gospel. But yet it was nothing. And IFC was barely, you know, a network. So can no, you just tell we, me yeah, so, you know, about that? Yeah, Friend Gary brought a web series in, and we had a four-and-a-half-hour conversation in which we hatched what Portlandia became. Um, uh, and that's really kind of how I work as a producer, is I'd, I'd rather hear what the artist's original vision is and then help them kind of figure out how to navigate the trees to get to, the, to what they originally envisioned. What I really try to do... Uh, when I work on a brand like IFC or now National Lampoon is look at why why does this brand matter? What is the voice that it has that has nothing to do with making money? Um, right. And in the case of IFC, to move from an independent film channel to a comedy brand, they always centered around the artist. Um, because independent film and great comedy is usually artist-driven. Um, in National Lampoon, what I looked for was the through line of everything successful that National Lampoon had ever done. Um, Van Wilder was actually the beginning of the end uh, for the National Lampoon original core brand because yes. new owners had come in. They didn't make that film. They took the check and put the name at the top of the film. They had no idea how, uh, how it was. It wasn't an IP. Yeah. Well, they hadn't even like, they, they didn't care about the IP. They just took the check. Right. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was nobody. I mean, he was, you yeah. know, it just turned out to be really successful. It was the worst thing that could have happened to them because then they chased that for almost over a decade and just kept putting their name on worse and worse product. Um, in, in, in resuscitating the brand in the current era, and it's been through several owners, two of whom have done time in jail over the years. Um, and then it was kind of like left to the, left to the scrappy history. And my business partners found it, bought it at a reasonable price, and we hooked up. They brought me. Million. They didn't really have any comedy experience. Just what I heard. Television experience. <laughs> um, I heard Twelve mil. I'm just saying. I I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, well, that would be a sick price though for Lampoon. Yeah, just for, if it were true. Arguably, it were true. one of the two greatest comedy brands in American history. So, Bar none, without so, a doubt. So we, so my experimentation was, what are the things that have, have been truly successful for National Lampoon as a brand? And they always started with an experimental piece of intellectual property done by a relatively unknown artist in a safe haven place called a magazine or a radio station, and then moved to another platform to become something very, very successful on a larger scale. So Vacation started as a short story by John Hughes, who was an advertising writer at the time, uh, in the magazine, imagine that nobody they were nobody, and they sold it, and yeah, it turned use. into. And he wrote the movie. Um, and Animal House started as a weird experimental piece of comedy called the 1964 uh, High School Yearbook. They then turned it into Saturday Night Live. Started as National Lampoon Radio Hour, like verbatim. They took the cast, the writers, yeah. the format, and moved it over to television, and turned and Lampoon turned it down and just let everybody go do it which was a huge mistake and again, really in historic retrospect, terrible decision. So I- actually fucking fascinating. That, yeah. that, wait, I didn't know that. So did you know that, Kelly? I've only know that from hearing I've been say it before. Yeah, I, I, did not, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm a pretty big geek, but- Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I had no so idea about that. Michael O'Donoghue wow. was given a closet by the, the senior executives at National Lampoon <laughs> and said, go make a radio show. You want to make a radio show? Go make a radio show. And he hired- John Belushi, Kilda Radner, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Brian Doyle Murray, um, uh, Harry Shearer came and went, Billy Crystal came and went, uh, Paul Schaefer came and went, Christopher Guest, Richard Belzer, and Ann Beats, who was a writer on the magazine. And they made uh, Radio Hour for two years, which turned out six albums, by the way. That's not funny, that's sick, and Radio Dinner, and all these other albums. Um, yes. And then, then NBC threw... Lauren Michaels came to you know, Lampoon and said, do you want to make a television show? And Lampoon said, fuck you. Television is for whatever. And Lauren and Bernie Brooklyn went around and signed everybody and turned it basically verbatim into Saturday Night Live. So the two best, most established comedy brands of all time um, stemmed from this one office in Chelsea 
uh, and in particular, kind of like the back two closets. In the <laughs> yeah, so and you know what's a great? I, have you go ahead, Evan? Sorry. No, that that's really what I wanted to do here mm-hmm. was to return to that, but then again, as I said before, put it through the minds, mouths, and prisms of today's. I don't want to say woke because that's just not the right point of view, but but you know they understand today's society. Kelly does a, jo- a show called uh, Rape Jokes by Survivors. That's not something that you would see anywhere proximate to the original brand, but anywhere, very much keeping with the Which is amazing. mentality of, you know, it's basically two hours of rape victims saying fuck you to their, to their perpetrators. But that's punk rock. That is punk rock. And yes, Kelly that is, is DIY. Punk, and Kelly is punk yes, rock. Yes, Kelly. What, yes, but by the way, <laughs> wait, where are my horns? There are my horns. Yeah, I'll throw my horns all that, but it is, it's punk rock. And that's that's what is inherent in the brand. You're absolutely right, Evan. So in in saying, okay, now I want to take this and, and starting podcasts, I'm sure it's very important what you're picking. So in, in saying, okay, Stupid Heavy, it, it works, but I wouldn't know why it works, you know, like in my brain, other than like, this feels right. This feels on point. This feels on brand. But do you have any thoughts, Kelly, like in when you're doing the show on the fact that you are kind of recreating and helping to recreate this brand and what, you know, to move toward that? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, first, you know, when Evan first shared what you just heard with me, it was when we were talking about um, my sketch show, Sofa Kingdom, and it really felt like, oh my God, like, you know, I want to be SNL when I grow up. That's like the, this, it felt like this really exciting um, image to think of like me and my friends who are nobody, you know, doing the show in the basement that could be the next thing. And then that expanded to more thinking of this mindset of like, less thinking of trying to fit into a mold of what already exists of like trying to be the next, whatever show I looked up to and more Mm -hmm. trying to kind of be my own hero, like my own comedy hero, do the thing that doesn't already exist. Like the thing that I wish existed, which was, that was where Rape Jokes by Survivors came from was like, I was watching Mm -hmm. a lot of my comedy heroes, unfortunately tell jokes on the subject and I was really disappointed, but I was like, okay, whatever, they can do that if they want, but I need to be my own advocate. And that's kind of what I think about with this show when I'm talking to people about, you know, we talk about some silly, we want to laugh, but we're digging into the stuff that's not easy to talk about and sort of, yeah. I think the goal is about- sort of like lifting the taboo around these topics because... Like, for example, like, I know this time last year, or two years ago, I guess, Nanette was the big conversation. Mm-hmm. It was like, she talked about this experience that, with trauma, and the way it happened was she made a switch from comedy to being serious, and then everyone was mm-hmm. like, well, it wasn't very, well, not everyone, but the haters were like, mm-hmm. it wasn't very funny, though, was it? Like, when she was talking about that, and I was like, but what if it was? <laughs> like, what right. if? What if going forward, you know, this opened a door, but like, what if you can talk about that stuff and be funny? You know, you don't have to make the switch. Like, it doesn't have to be like, all right, I was funny. And now we're going to talk about. But the way, the way Hannah, the way Hannah, I was the first uh, executive in the United States to put Hannah Gatsby on TV. We did a show called Please Like Me, Josh. (laughs) And she was really genius. Five years before Nanette. And the way she subverts stand-up comedy in the middle of that show, she gives you a standard stand-up show ha- until halfway through, and then she fucking turns on a dime and subverts everything you know about stand-up. And- well, I- I'm going to just jump in for a second. You know who does that incredibly well on the male side? It- Pat Oswalt. Did you see his yeah. last special? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. About his- the death of the rest of his wife? Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. How he no. dealt with no. it with his daughter, but it was comedy. <laughs> I thought Neil Brennan did it really well too. Three mics. Yes, yeah. three mics. Three mics. Yeah. yeah, and Perbiglia does it as well as anybody's ever done it. Um, I also did a special with Laurie Kilmartin, which is amazing and is available called "45 Jokes About My Dead Dad," um, which is a stand-up special about her father dying. Um, and so I've always been in love with that savory and sweet, um, you know, mix um, that that kind of like touching the nine-volt battery to your tongue type of humor. Um, and Doug Stanhope, we did a really good special at CISO with him, uh, too, mm-hmm. actually. 
um, where he's just like, he touches raw nerves and he does it in a way that is thoughtful and yet totally fucking funny. Kelly can do an hour worth of jokes about rape. Now, not everybody's gonna find find it funny, but if you don't find it funny, you're probably a rapist. So, <laughs> shots fired at anyone well, who way, that's the same. And that's, that's, the, that's the same philosophy of America. If you don't like what we're saying, you're a terrorist. Just like, so. well, if you're not laughing, you're a rapist. I'm gonna say a lot of yeah. things. You're a ra- you're, obviously, <laughs> next, you're a rapist. Next if you don't time find this I funny. hear silence on a Zoom show, I'm gonna be like, oh, we got a bunch of rapists in here. Yep. And by the way, this is the only time a white male can laugh at the word rape. Because, and you're making that happen. Well, and that, you know, and that really, it's that important. I, I wrote this op-ed that no one would take on top of the show we could not sell, where I was talking about, like, <laughs> you know, why, why, why. Mr. White dude who says I can't be funny anymore. You're you probably were never funny. If you can't be funny now, probably you were never funny. You were just white and straight. And yeah. if you have if you have a point of view that is really aggressive, you can literally say anything you want. You just have to be write a goddamn good fucking joke. Yeah, Don't Dave be Chappelle. Funny. Yeah. So and funny, but you know, still right. he can, he's a male talking about all this stuff and he's getting away he's with it because he found a smart way in Child rape on stage. And yep. like, not everybody likes it. I didn't like every joke in his last, hey, film, but he's, you know, he's great at it. So, um, uh, Coleman was not debuted on S on, on CISO, but in American television, she was, that was probably one of the first places you saw her. Um, that's pretty uh, cool too. Uh, and, and I was the first person to work with Carrie for, Kerry Brownstein didn't come. Um, I'm the first person to work with Kelly Bachman. Right. Yes. I am. By the way, there's a theme here. You are a, you are a bellwether. You are <laughs> a trendsetter. <laughs> no, but it is true, Evan. And, and I think that leads me to something which is where, and we started on it earlier, where is comedy going now? Like if you're looking at it like you were looking at IFC in the beginning, you know, where are we headed? We are, we're headed to a place, and, and this is where, um, where, I think Kelly is is tremendous, but it also ties back to the National Lampoon brand, which is the weirdos are the usually the best people in the room. The people who have been alienated their entire fucking lives are usually the most thoughtful, intelligent, and and funniest people in the room. They are comedians. They've always been the comedians. They are the people who are taking tragedy and turning it into something humorous. They're make they're holding a mirror up to society. So we're going back to the beginning. It's just what's funny now is updated by who's in charge. Yeah. So it, it, you can tell a great rape joke. Bo Burnham is a straight white dude has a really, really great rape joke. I'll tell it to you. What's the worst thing about owning a rape whistle factory? <laughs> what? If you're good at your job, you will go out of business. And yes. That's a brilliant meta weird joke about yes. rape by a straight white dude who is clearly an ally and did it through an intelligent piece of humor. Kelly takes pain and she talks to really funny people. Dylan Adler on the first episode of Stupid Heavy does a song about his rape and his therapist where he sing he says, my rapist was ugly, which doesn't make it worse. But it kind of makes more. It does. <laughs> I mean, this is, but, but this that, is very that, important. No, that is, that is classic. Yes. My, my favorite Dylan Adler, while we're, yes. Dylan Adler has this a great awesome. joke where he says, uh, he's, he sings and he says, this morning I took a shit so big it was triggering. <laughs> and if ever. that's not funny, <laughs> you're a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> obviously obviously yeah i mean it's not a that's joke. my option <laughs> now now here's the thing so so let me talk in a second about um the national lampoon radio hour so you brought it back a little bit right are you are you planning on yeah, having we, another we season did, or we did 10 episodes 11 episodes of scripted fucking genius podcast comedy uh that is up on all your podcast platforms right now and and again, it went back National to the Lampoon Radio Hour. Yeah, the half hour podcast. Yeah. So uh, um, I, I <laughs> my big idea was going to Forever Dog to help produce it, um, and then really going to a collection of comedy geniuses 
who just not everybody knows, but they're just geniuses all the same. And and the true heirs apparent of Belushi, Radner, Chase, not Chase, Murray, mm-hmm. Murray, and et cetera. Who is that? Who Col- are the heirs apparent? Cola Scola, who is Scola. the smartest person in comedy. He just did an hour-long special on his YouTube channel, which he shot the entire thing. It's all sketch comedy in his apartment. It's mind-blowing. Meg Stalter, before Meg Stalter became the heroine of, of the internet during COVID, um, huh. um, uh, Joe Firestone, Martin Urbano, who is one of the most scarily funny human beings. He has a he has a great joke about racists too. Well, he has like a whole hour about it. <laughs> His entire bit is that he's a right. He says he's a sex offender. <laughs> that's his okay. Whole persona is that he's a regular sex offender. Like, that's a he does a whole act from it. Comedian. That is yeah. brave. That yeah, is that is that's like Belushi. Alex, it is Alex yes. English, uh, uh, who's unbelievably funny. Aaron Jackson, who I, just the world will know someday as the next Jim Carrey or the next Robin Williams. And Aaron Jackson. Aaron Jackson. He is. He does a bit called Tennis Sounds on the podcast. So on the first, I think it's on the first episode. Anyway, it's What's up. It uh, our you, YouTube uh, channel and on all podcasts. You know I'm saying it's so tender sounds. Is that what you said? Tennis sounds. Oh, tennis and he sounds. Reenacts a match at at um, at. Uh, it's already the, funny. Lorelai Ramirez, who is uh, a an unbelievably talented fine artist, musician, comedian. Uh, they do uh, more voice. They do uh, robotic robot erotica. They do uh, they play Siri. They they are the voice of every character we want who is a weird voice, but is all she, uh, they are also a writer on Los Spookies, Spookies, Los Spookies, um, and and they kind of quintessentially embody a good deal of what we're trying to do with Lampoon too. Uh, 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 non- they're writing it as well. Say again. Uh, uh, are they all writing it? All ten uh, performers are also writers. Again, going back to the very beginning, going back to Saturday like- Night Live. Um, uh, the very competitive environment, but very friendly. Um, and Megan, uh, um, Brett Davis, who is, you know, kind of a, a, a national treasure when it comes to sketch comedy in New York City, but not that many people know who he is on a national scale. Um, uh, 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 Maeve Higgins, who is an absolute goddamn motherfucking genius. And, and, and so it, it, we brought it back. And it is, if you love National Lampoon Radio Hour and the albums that came yes, out, I do. you will love this. If you've never heard a stitch of National Lampoon Radio Hour, the original or any of the albums, you will also love this because it is just true to an art form that no one's doing well in America right now, which is radio sketch. It is very, very true. And uh, aside, now you got Heavy Stupid. Are there uh, other yeah. podcasts? Uh, what did I say? Heavy Stupid? That, that's me, obviously. So well, um, heavy and stupid. So stupid, so, no, heavy, stupid heavy. Uh, Kelly, just really quickly do the elevator pitch for stupid heavy. Please. Yes, please, Kelly. Okay. Go. <laughs> no, <laughs> go. Uh, it's a talk no show. Idea. <laughs> quickly, talk Healing through laughter. Okay. And every episode. Every episode, uh, I have on a funny guest to talk about something silly and light that they love, and also something uh, painful, something heavy that they're healing from or in the process of healing from. If it were my episode, it would be like SpongeBob SquarePants and rape trauma, but for everyone, it's something. So Young Me Me Mayor was- uh, was And I sing on the show. Every episode. Uh, Young Me Mayor is on this week's episode, which just released released this morning, and her her stupid heavy is just magical. So her stupid is celebrity crushes, and her biggest celebrity crush is somebody who does mukbang. Do you know what mukbang is? Mukbang? Uh-uh, no, please en- enlighten me. Mukbang is an art form where somebody goes on the internet and eats food in front of a camera. It's like ADSMR, only visual and grosser. Wow. And I hadn't heard of it either. These are and things. Her, and her lovely brother, crush, is a beautiful, beautiful Adonis of a uh, Korean gentleman whose name I don't know. And he eats noodles, shirtless. Her heavy is an eating disorder, which she got as a child because her parents chided her about her weight. So her, her stupid 
his obsession with this Adonis of a man who eats on video and her heavy is an eating disorder she developed as a child through trauma. It is comic and they laugh most of the time. It's very, it's comic genius. It just, well, it's so interesting too, because you're kind of forcing them to put this stuff together. Yeah, almost. You know? And, yeah, and like, Brian, let's find the funny in this, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, yeah. it is interesting. People, I think, without planning it, like sh she didn't make that connection between, like she wasn't like food and food, but it saying. seems like things end up tying together in a way that we don't really plan, and we sort of figure it out. Like yeah, we, can't we never have ourselves. a plan for how to segue, but somehow it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a hint? Are we done? <laughs> is that a segue hint? I was enjoying her so much. I mean, I, we can talk. What's your, what's your stupid? <laughs> what's oh, my what's stupid? stupid? Yeah. Yeah. My mom on a Zoom call with my mom the other day with my whole family on Mother's Day. My mom was like, Kelly, why don't you go ask everyone their stupid heavies? And she said it like that. And I, she was like, it's a good idea. And I was like, okay, mom, what's your stupid? What was your mom's stupid? <laughs> Did she tell you? Uh, her stupid was Disney figurines. <laughs> she collects them. <laughs> Ah, okay. I'm not, I feel like it's your mom, so I'm not going to ask her heavy, but I'm kind She's of a nurse, and she's like, she's a nurse during COVID, so that was her heavy. It's shareable. I mean, that's <laughs> more than enough, right? And, and Evan, yeah. what about you? What's your stupid? Mine? Yeah. My stupid? Yeah, it's your stupid. Philadelphia Football Eagles. I mean, it's it? the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, uh, it is just used to losing? Well, we did win a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I will remind After how long? About 50 years. And I'm, I'm, I'm exactly, I'm a year older than you. And so for 50 oh, you look years, great. Uh, thank Jesus. you. Uh, 50 years of painful, just painful, <laughs> screaming at the television set, embarrassing my family in front of crowds of human beings, almost getting into fistfights, although I've never been in a fistfight like you two guys. And uh, so that's my stupid. And, what about and that, you? therefore you get what's, the Goldbergs. What's okay, your stupid? stupid? Yeah. Okay. My uh, well, there's so many. Yeah, it um, you have a lot of stupid. I do. I have a, a tremendous. I feel like my whole life is built around allowing me to do my stupids as long as possible. Like, uh, let's see, uh, eight hours playing video games. That would be a stupid. Easy, mm -hmm. and I'll do it with no guilt. What video game? <laughs> I mean, it depends on the moment. Recently, it's been this top golf, and if I meet one of these coders, I want to spar them because they're doing it on purpose. You're at a three-foot putt, you can't get it in. But yet, I'm still spending eight hours in a row. Even my kid will walk in and look at me. I'm like, hey, yeah, that's right. Still playing golf. Okay, that could be one of my stupids. I would say, but I mean, like, I'm feeling everyone has such good stupids. Mine aren't. That's, mine aren't I mean, good. golf is pretty you know, stupid. Yeah, golf. <laughs> not golf. <laughs> Golf as far as like right. and then like to take such a boring sport and then bring it online like and put it to TV I can't and make it more boring. only how much more stupid it could be. Right. <laughs> right. We'll they take the most what little exercise <laughs> in this non-exercise based sport including all that. Now I will say I think real golf is stupider than video golf because Think about how much money is spent on real golf. I mean, we're talking Ooh. thousands of dollars on a, a, on a yearly day. basis. Travel, no, a day golf. it could be, depending on where you're at. And if you're going to a country club, I mean, forget about if you're just doing public courses. It's a, but there yeah. are a lot of people out there who like, who need that. What's that video? Of, was it like, uh, is it OJ had a video at the beginning of the quarantine that was like, don't close the courses. I'll lose my mind. Yeah, I mean that's a good I'm morning, like, by the way. Keep it open. Yeah, keep, I think that would have been keep a... that open. Oh wait, keep so, so Jason's sports. Jason's just... new stu his stupid is buying cameo videos. That's a good stupid. <laughs> oh, See, yeah. Jason, you outdid me. I that's a that's a new thing I've heard of just kind of peripherally, and I know people who work there, and I just have. Is are they good? Is that a thing? What is that? Oh, I, I okay. I have two good stupids. It's a thing, and 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 are they good? No. <laughs> I liked him for my birthday though. We had all the Tiger King people come on on, you know, on the cameos. Jason bought like you, you pay them and they just drop in on you. Yeah, and they're like, hey, well, not drop in. They do the you know you, you're watching the video like, hey, happy birthday. Oh, and, you know. oh I, I I have seen like uh, just in looking for like online work, I've seen if like stuff like, can you dress up like a Disney princess and go on Zoom? And I'm like, sure. maybe. No, I'm not against <laughs> it. I don't know. <laughs> like, just the what what qualifies good. me to be Snow White at a, a 
Zoom birthday party. I would, I would literally pay a the costume. Pay to see you dress up as. <laughs> <Wait, Hello. yeah. laughs> if you don't laugh at me, you're a rapist, children. <laughs> we're, wait, we're competing with Drew Barrymore on Instagram. Is that even a competition? What is she doing? Is she acting? I think Drew Barrymore, you know, I think we're better than Drew Barrymore. I mean, she That's had what I'm saying. Run. Even though she's acting, she I'm, I don't think we're run. competing. She had, re- she had a longer run than most expected Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And it's over. If she was here, by the way, and if she was here, I'd give her a, a bouquet of daisies. Yeah. And fuck off. Because at the end of the day, if you're not <laughs> acting, I don't want to hear you talk. That's <laughs> what we do. That's, that's, that's actually, to me, what, <laughs> what it's stupid heavy. There's so many of these Instagram lives uh, that are happening right now. And I yes. I will drop in a dozen of them a night just to see what they're like. And if you can keep my attention, amazing. Um, yep. Other than Meg Stalker, it's really hard to find anybody who keeps my attention for longer than that. Like, you're just talking. Yep. It's not a bit. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't. I, I understand that you have need to be seen, but. Mm-hmm. Well, but you brought something interesting up, Evan. And we, we you know, I, you brought up something interesting about these short things and getting the attention. Right, and we're just gonna act like the dog's not barking because that's the great thing about live. She stream. got she got set no, off do. by the uh, the cheering. Love so. By the way, yay! <laughs> she, she, what's her name? What's her name, Kelly? Gracie. 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 Good night, Gracie. Right. So, good, by the way, good one. Evan's really on. No wonder Portlandia. I have. I get it now. I'm getting it. National Lampoon. Okay. Uh, oh, all that. Now I got sidetracked on the whole. Uh, what, was, what the hell was I saying? Go back to my point, though. So. That's yeah, where please, heavy really triggered me into a good thing, uh, the good version of triggered, which is we I knew remember. we could we could shoot it non-live, pre-record it, and put it out as a, a tight half hour or less of television slash podcast slash video, digital video, which is this really neat hybrid. We're using a really neat platform that allows us to add graphics and all this other kind of stuff. And 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 put it on all these different platforms and have it be something other than two folks just shooting the shit on Instagram Live, which is really what I think during quarantine people need a little bit more of is less just stream of consciousness and a little bit more professionally produced ideation. Um, so we're doing a bunch of other shows. We're we're in the midst of shooting a show with Morgan Miller, who's a great comedian from LA, um, called Famously Dumped, um, and that is. Uh, a half hour format where she interviews another famous person about getting dumped. Um, we're in the midst of uh, shooting and recording a show with our partners at All Things Comedy um, called Roast of My Teenage Self with Elise Morales, where she interviews a comedian about uh, themselves in high school. Um, and they show, we show pictures and Bert Kreischer was on and, and Ron Punches and a whole bunch That's of awesome. Rosa Baker, a lot of great people. Um, and we're doing an hour live like this per week, which is not a podcast, but a live show with uh, Harrison Greenbelt called National Lampoon Live. But we're trying to bring the language and mechanics of television to digital video and podcasting so that there's just more, there's more invested in it from our end so the audience feels that they can invest more too. And so if you get a chance to check out Stupid Heavy, you can see where I think post-COVID is actually going to head uh, from a comedic standpoint. Well, two, uh, one question based on what you said. Is it proprietary, or can you tell us what uh, what the platform is you're using to add the graphics and stuff? Yeah, StreamYard, StreamYard is the, is the oh. platform. Uh, okay, that's what we use. Thing too. Um, right. And we love it because of the kind of professional television technique. We use it to record, and then we um, and then we do a lot in post. Right, that's the proprietary shit you're not going to tell us about. Wait, don't get any big ideas, Cliff. <laughs> Kelly, uh, do you want to mention our producer on your show? But yes, please mention your producer. Wait, did you say that? Are you going to mention I your producer? No. Her name's Claudia Bar- Baron. Oh, Claudia. Yeah. Claudia yeah. rules. Yes. Yeah, Shout out to Claudia. Yeah. Okay, so I remember what I was going to ask, though. Um, this is it. You talked about if you can keep my attention, you know, you're watching in a minute or two. Do you, what's your feeling on Quibi, both you guys? Like, like you know, I, I don't know if you're involved with them at all, but just, you know, I have my own thoughts. I'm curious as to yours, this 10-minute format, in and out, on the phone or iPad only. Um, I think uh, I think short-form content is, is very smart. I think professionally produced uh, uh, short-form content is uh, really smart. Um, full disclosure, we are working with them. Um, I don't buy my shows. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, well, but wait, we're working yeah. with them. So yay, Quibi. 
They did not buy it. Uh, and you can download it now, 90 days free. On so, um, yep. but, you know, I think, uh, and I think the target that they're going after is still completely underserved, especially in comedy, and that they are a mobile first generation. Gen Z is a mobile first generation. So I do think Quibi had the great misfortune of being launched at a time, a mobile app being launched at a time when no one is mobile. Um, and TikTok had same disadvantages, but they had two years of, of head start. And right. it's a completely different experience. So I think they chose really great content. I think they chose mm -hmm. I think they chose really great talent and then and they got hit with a real big bad sense of timing, frankly. Right. But you think we'll see more of the like in the comedy landscape in the, you know, year, you know, well, let's say not so uh, di distant future. I think if you look at shows like Game Show and Christie's Court and a lot of the comedy stuff that they're doing, they just released um, uh, Blackballed, uh, which is a documentary about being blackballed from the NBA, which is kind of like the perfect, like if you're jonesing for something to watch post um, the, the, the last dance, like oh. you love the last dance and you just finished it and you're looking for the next thing to watch, watch Blackballed on Quibi. That shows the kind of level of producerial content that they are, that they are aiming for. And it's kind of next level shit. Doug Lyman's doing stuff for them. Alfonso Corona is doing something. like it, it's a oh, wow. great set of content that they have. Um, you, you, I is short form professionally produced content in comedy going to happen more and more? Absolutely, it is. It is the white space in comedy, whether Quibi or YouTube or TikTok, which is a platform that I'm obsessed with right now, um, is going to be the next destination. That remains to be seen. I think the rules are going to be rewritten kind of between now and this time next year. I mean, this has been such a fascinating episode that we're already out of time. Like, Sorry. I think, what are we at? We're like four, we got three minutes left. So, uh, first of all, Kelly, tell us where we can find you across social media. Um, I am at Kelly Bachman on Instagram and Belly Bachman on Twitter. And I, <laughs> I have a Patreon too. And, uh, what's the Patreon? Oh, it's under Kelly, your name. I think it's Kelly, Kelly Bachman, Bachman also. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I, this yeah, is the long hair wiener dog. Yes. Crazy. To the person asking. The long hair. Evan, what what about you? Where can we find you or where would you like to send people? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Eshap. Uh, National Lampoon is National Lampoon on Twitter, National Lampoon on Instagram. Ellie's show is uh, on our Instagram feed uh, right now. It's also on our YouTube page. Heavy. YouTube backslash National Lampoon. It's also on our Facebook page, Facebook backslash uh, National Lampoon. Um, and check out our, you know, check out National Lampoon Radio Hour on all your podcast platforms. If it's not the funniest thing you listen to this week, I'll buy you a hot dog. There you go, free hot dogs. But I don't but think you're gonna get many of those. Dog. I don't it's think you're gonna get many of those. Yet. Guys, thank you so much for coming on and taking up this time with us. Uh, this was fascinating, informative, and funny as fuck. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Evan, Evan so Kelly. Much. Good to thank see you, you guys. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And we'll be listening for sure. Congrats yeah. on everything. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Evan Shapiro, Kelly Bachman. What? Kelly I mean, Bachman. again. They're like so this. funny. Kelly's so funny. And, you know, it was really They're fun great. to listen to them because as you guys are talking, I, it was fun watching Kelly kind of lean in and go, well, what are these boys going to say? Because mm. <laughs> it was so yeah. cool. It was so yeah, fun. I know. I know. And, you know, before, I guess, I, I, you know, I guess Rose, my friend Rose McGowan knows her. So I text Rose before. I was like, do you know Kelly? She's like, she's a champion. I love her. I'm like, okay, that's always nice to hear. You know, so I already knew that she's a very good soul coming into it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was going to be easy to kind of navigate what could, you know, what could always be murky waters in those situations. Yeah. But it's like no, I said, everybody's got a backstory. I listened to a bunch of the episodes of that show and I really enjoy it. And I really enjoy them. They're, they're good people. And it's good to, you know, I've, I've known Evan for a few years. He is actually one of the first people I ever talked to when I was first getting, uh, before Starburns, the other podcast network feral together. Uh, we had a lot of conversations and worked together on some stuff and he it's was a big network, right? It's like Starburns. It's like, yeah, it was, it was kind and, of a yeah, precursor. Um, that's where my favorite murder came from and Harmontown and Duncan Trussell's all those shows. Um, and uh, both of them are so nice and so funny and smart and um, interesting that it that was really great. Yeah, I think overall, you know, in talking to people like Jeff Cesario and now talking to Evan and, and talking to Nick and, and all these different people about comedy and where it's going and jokes, I think we are starting to see a, a pattern. This outdoor thing is interesting. I actually really like that idea. 
yeah. a lot. I want I'll get into my my experience with outdoor comedy tomorrow because there's I've I've had some really positive and um, not necessarily negative versions of it, but I've tried to I've watched some people do stand up comedy at like street fairs before, and it's uh-huh. probably the funniest thing in the world, but not because the comedy's funny, but just because how weird it is. Right. But well, I think the comedy it, is like, funny. But, also I've been, but I've gone to comedy festivals that were outside, and they're awesome. So there's kind of two different two different things, but we we could talk about that tomorrow. Um, yeah, I mean yeah. that's it. We're like we're really like out of time, huh? I, I can't. I, like, we I, are. I thought I was. Yeah. You know, like by the way, I handled the two guests okay. I wasn't terrible. You did, it was you all right. did awesome. I was worried. You did great. You did great. Huzzah, did. ladies and gentlemen! Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Stuck at Home with Cliff and Jason. Uh, we're wrapping it up, right, Jace? Got anything we're you want to say before we go? Just to 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 tell everybody that we've got a great show tomorrow. We've got, uh, I I believe tomorrow is uh, Jamel Hill. And um, And I was just told not to announce tomorrow's guests. Never mind. I don't know who's coming on tomorrow. Yeah, we don't know. Someone big the next day, too. We have some great people coming on tomorrow. It'll be a surprise. I got a couple things in my, I got a couple uh, uh, people in my pocket just in case. That'll be awesome. But I'm so excited. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Stay safe. Stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman. Everybody take care of each other. I love y'all. See you tomorrow. Thank you guys, love you. We'll see you tomorrow. 3.30. Bye.